Number 226 of the Two Guys Into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Hey, Travis. Good morning. How's it going? It's going well, man. How are you? Pretty good. Ready to talk about some TGIF? TGIF? Yeah. Before we do that. Doing it. Let's thank Deep Nightingale for the theme song this week. Deep Nightingale. Thank you. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own version of the theme song at TGIFcast on all social media. If you want to follow us, find out what we're doing, where we're at, and uh, what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. It's pretty we, good stuff. Follow us. That's where you can find us. We've got three brand new episodes to talk about today. Mr. Cooper is on uh, reruns, so we'll be talking about those in a second, but... Before we do, we'd like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, back when these episodes would have aired. What's the date that these would have aired back in 94? Friday night, January 14th, 1994, these three would have aired. So I've got uh, some stories. A lot of them are political, and I have no idea what the outcome is, but things happened in uh, this week in 94 that probably led to things that were bigger later on. Sure, what happened? Uh, oh, this I gotta add this one too. Uh, January tenth, three things. Lorena Bobbitt's trial started. Okay. Okay. Ukraine says it's gonna give up the uh, world's third largest nuclear arsenal. Not sure how that worked out for him. Yeah, they might be regretting that. Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan agreed to abolish trade tariffs. That probably worked all right. I have no idea what what that led to, if anything. So we got that. And then uh, this one, January 12th, 94. Again, don't know the outcome. Uh, Malcolm X's daughter was arrested for plotting Luis Farcom's murder. Luis Farrakhan. Okay. Didn't look up and see if uh, she went to jail or what happened with that. But uh, I mean, I'm sure it didn't go great for her. I don't know, though. Unless they determine she didn't have anything to do with it, then they're like, oh, you can go ahead. That's true. That's true. So maybe we'll be talking about those in a few weeks when we get a little more information. But what about movies and music? What was number one this week? Uh, No changes. The movie is Miss Doubtfire. So that on, again, off again relationship. But this is the second week for this this round of Mrs. Doubtfire. Did you ever check my uh, Mrs. Doubtfire impersonation to confirm how good it was or no? I told you when you did it, it was good. I thought you were like, where, where is, where, what part of the movie is that? Oh, I know exactly what you were doing. All right. It was good. It was good. Music? Um, music. Hero. Mariah Carey. Week two. Still. Oh, it's That's only two only weeks. Second week. It's God, only the second week. I feel like any Mariah Carey song is just every Mariah Carey song at this point. Let me see. I, I mean, it might have closed out 93. Uh, I'm sorry. Third week. It's the third week. Okay. So, well, there's only, there's only one more week and then we move to something new. Something so. fun? I mean, I like it, but I don't know if it's for everybody. All right. It's more more uh, contemporary rock, you know, contemporary pop rock type thing. So like Brian Adams. Yep. Oh God, did I call it? <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Much more than much more than more. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So birthdays. Birthdays. Yeah. We do have one birthday. Uh, on the wrong week. Hold on, Miss Lily Nixay. I, think, I don't know if that, I hope I said that right. Uh, Miss Morgan Morgan uh, Matthews on, on Good Old Boy Meets World. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Man, I just remembered I had a dream. Like, I don't remember my dreams very often. 
And last night I was dreaming that we were at some, or no, I was at some convention and you weren't there for some reason, but I was reporting to you like over the phone. And I remember at one point in the dream, like uh, Mark Curry, Mr. Cooper comes over and I'm talking to him and like, hey man, you got to come on our show. Like, this is what we do. He's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll come on, but I don't have any way for you to contact me. I'm like, you don't have an email address, a phone number. He's like, no. And I'm like, what about regular mail? I'll mail something. He's like, yeah, I can do that. And I'm like, fine. What's your address? And I remember, give. He's like, giving me the address, but then it was like, I was. Like, he's like, you can mail it, but you got to mail it here to this like, this random store. And I'm like, fine, whatever. And then, in the middle of this conversation. Um, what's the lady who plays PJ? What's her name? Uh, Nell Carter. Nell Carter walks like in on the side room and I just give up on Mr. Cooper. I walk away from him, go over to talk to Nell Carter and she's the nicest ever. Gives me her direct cell phone number, everything. I don't know why I had a dream about this, but, uh. Oh man. I mean, she's dead, but what? I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of things that are probably not based in reality on that but that's great that's good that's yeah good, and then uh, at some point Nell Carter sits down on a chair and then I and then I'm talking to someone else a blonde woman not even sure if she was on TJF don't even know who she was but I, <laughs> I see I'm talking to her on one side of the room and then I see Nell Carter and her like lock eyes and Nell Carter just like mouths I'm sorry to this woman don't know who she is again and then this woman like runs over and then they like hug in this recliner chair and that's all I remember do you think she was apologizing for for you being she being stuck with you having to talk to you? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was thinking that it was sorry for something that happened long ago, and they finally worked it out. They met the first time this con thirty years later, but who knows? Maybe. Family matters. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Let's do it. Season five, episode fourteen. Like a version is the name of the episode. Starts off. We've got Carl. He's watching some TV. I don't know what these notes are going to be like this uh, this week. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, he's watching some TV, and uh, Steve comes over and comments on Carl, of course, watching TV. And he's like, why are you watching it the old-fashioned way? You should be watching it with Smell-O-Vision. Smell-O-Vision. So, a few Here's things. Here's a scratch-and-sniff card. Scratch it when it tells you to. Yeah. So, a couple things. Because what I remember from Smell-O-Vision was the scratch-and-sniff card, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. I remember having to go to 7-Eleven to pick up the card, and then you or watch where, the show. Yeah, or wherever. Most of the time, 7-Eleven. I feel like it was right. specifically 7-Eleven. Like, that was okay. the promotion that they had going on directly. That definitely was a place that is in my mind, too, for getting one, a smell vision card. But then sure. also... I feel like it, you also could find them in, like... Sometimes I had them in, like, like cereal boxes and stuff. Also, in this episode... Well, in this scene, they pay, uh, Steve has a... Uh, a super big gulp cup in his hand at one point. Okay. Okay. I think it's a direct relation. It was like, I don't know. It felt like it. But me. this is a different, completely different kind of smell of vision anyways. It is because uh, he shows Carl this invention that he came up with. It's this helmet. He talks Carl into putting it on his, on his head, tries it out. Steve turns on the TV. Uh, first show is like this Hawaiian beach and Carl can, he says he can smell the flowers and everything. He changes the channel and, uh, now it's like a like a cooking show, and he can smell like the pizza and the turkey and all this food that's panning across, like as it's panning across. And like Carl's amazed at this point, like it's working, it's exactly what it should be doing. But then it starts smoking. It says he smells fire, that he smells hair burning. He starts freaking out. They flip off the helmet. 
Steve dumps this super big gulp on uh, Carl's head. And, uh, of course, Carl's like, Steve, get out. And uh, Steve's like, can I have my helmet back at least? Get out! And that's kind of like the intro scene. Yeah, I feel like this scene was kind of lame. Like, yeah. even the gag even the gag was lame. Like, there wasn't a cool, you know, the fi- like the catching on fire. I don't know. This didn't do a whole lot. Didn't do much for me. I was focused on that super big gulp cup. Okay. Theme song, we come back uh, a little later. Harriet is uh, asking Richie about his homework. He's like, uh, makes up some lie. He didn't do his homework, so he's got to go do his homework. So he's just... No, no, he just says that he, because she asked, did you remember about your, to do your homework? And he said, oh, yeah, of course I remembered. I'm, I'm, I'm seven. I remembered. And she's like, did you do it? And he's like, no. And that's it. Yeah. And that's the last time we see Eddie this episode. Richie. She sends him off to do his homework. Whatever. And uh, then she sits down with Carl and is like, Carl, we got to talk. I found this note in Eddie's pocket while I was doing the laundry. And so Carl unfolds the note. He reads it. And the note appears to make it seem that Eddie is now sexually active with whoever this new girl in his life is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm so, I'm, I can't believe we waited as long as we did. I wish we had you know, done this sooner. I can't wait to do it again with you. Yeah. So something like that. Harriet, of course, wants Carl to sit down with Eddie to talk to him to find out what's going on. Carl is like, I get embarrassed every time I do it. It's like really hard to talk about this kind of thing with your son. She's like, you got to do it. And he's like, all right. <laughs> so we go a little later. Eddie is uh, heading out on a date with uh, the same girl. He's checking himself out in the mirror on the way out. Carl sits him down and uh I mean, pretty much gets to it pretty quick. Wants to know, Eddie, are you sexually active? And uh, tells him about the note that he found. And Eddie's like, oh, man, that's not what that note meant. That note is about uh, her mom has a drinking problem and now wanted me to go with her to Alateen. And I went and it was a great experience. And that's what the note was about. Exactly. Exactly. So likely story. Eddie now thinks he's off the hook. He's done. Doesn't have to talk about it. But Carl's like, hey, Eddie, still got to know. Are you a virgin or not? And uh, Eddie is. He wishes that he wasn't. He's like, all the other kids are. I wish I wasn't, but I am. And and then we get the whole, uh, well, the safest way to be safe is to be abstinent. And then it's this whole, like, this is like, they must have gotten paid or something. Oh, this was a, this was a PSA, 100%. This was a ABC being like, we need to use some of our public airtime, so can you help us out with that? I'm like, sure, not a problem. Carl's like, you gotta find, you gotta wait, you gotta find that one special lady, and then it'll mean something. And Eddie's like, yes, sir. And then they hug and... Maybe Something else that happens during this scene yeah. that comes up later because I I somehow missed it the first time and had to go back and look, but right before Eddie starts telling Carl that he's a virgin, uh, Steve starts to come in from oh. the kitchen, and he kind of stops and then hears everything that Eddie says before going back in the kitchen and not coming out. You know, I I did not catch this, but I know that it gets referenced later on. Which well, is and that's why I went back. Yeah. I was like, they, I, I was like, I wonder if this was an obvious thing that I just like was typing or doing something else what had happened or if this was like a subtle thing in the background that you had to be paying attention to. A little bit to. of both it sounds like. No, it there's like a straight up camera shot. Oh at, yeah? Like yeah, like they cut back behind the couch, like the camera's behind the couch on the door. Is it pretty um, quick then, though? 
it's quick. Yeah, it's kind of thing where if you turn away to type, take notes, you're, you're going to miss it. But it's not it's not a like, you know, a subtle thing at all. Gotcha, there. gotcha. All right, so from here we go to school. Uh, we're in the guys' locker room. All the guys are talking about girls and, like, you know, just normal guys' locker room talk, I guess. And then uh, Steve comes out, and he's got, like, his – well, you would expect Steve to be dressed up as if he came out of a guy's locker room. He's got a towel wrapped around him, like a shower cap. He's got soap on a rope around his neck. He's got, like, a scrubber or a shower caddy full of stuff. And, of course, everyone's making fun of Steve. Of course. And this is where we meet Jerry too. We haven't, we've never seen Jerry in other episodes, have we? Not no. He, this is his first and a probably only appearance. Yeah, and he just starts like bragging about how he's banging different girls every night. He's gone through the whole Glee Club. There's only like one girl left, and uh, Steve calls him pathetic at this point and says, there, uh, "Are we not going to talk about what happened right before this? Because uh, that was an incredible scene." <sighs> What's before this? The towel fight. Oh, I thought the towel fight was a little later. Maybe not. No, no, no. It no, happens. I it happens. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they start to like threaten to kind of you know towel whip Steve, and Steve's like, "Bring it!" And he goes full kung fu and takes out the entire locker room single handedly with his towel. And it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It's literally a fight scene from an action movie with Steve yeah, snapping yeah, a yeah. towel on one, one eighty-ing, snapping a towel on somebody else until he takes out probably about twelve people. I mean, he pushes back the entire boys' locker room. Like yeah. no one is coming after Steve after this after this display. It's awesome. If you don't go back and watch the entire episode, I recommend at least watching that scene. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so back to Jerry. Um, Jerry's just bragging about how he how he gets all the girls. He has sex with all the girls. Steve calls him pathetic and says um, something about like being a real man, like a real. He's like man. real men put women up on pedestals. They don't they don't act like they're just you know objects and possessions. They 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 are you know. That's, yeah. that's it. And he's like, a real man can be a virgin. Look at this real man over here, Eddie Winslow. He's a virgin. And then Eddie's like. Uh, like he doesn't want anyone to know this. He's like, uh, he's like so embarrassed, and he pretty much just walks out at this point. Well, he what we hear too is like, so everyone's like, no, nah, not Eddie. Eddie's not a Eddie's not a virgin. And Steve's like, Eddie, why aren't you saying, you know, why aren't you sticking up for yourself? And everyone's like, nah, not Eddie. And Eddie's like, and Steve's like, I overheard you say it to your dad yesterday, and that's when I was like, whoa, I gotta go back and figure out what's going on here. But, um, but yeah, that was that was kind of how Ed, Steve told the whole school that Eddie is a virgin. So from here we go back home. Uh, Eddie's upset in the kitchen. I guess he's already told Laura what happened because Laura knows. And he's like, I just uh, didn't want everyone to know like this is kind of like his whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and and Eddie, I mean, he's mad. Like he's, he's pissed off. And he, like, like you said, he just wanted people to, he didn't want people to know. He wanted people to keep his image the way it was. Yeah, and Laura's like, you just got to not let it bother you. Like, this isn't something that should bother you because, I mean, let's just... Then they talk about, like, standards. Like, it's okay for guys to uh, to sleep around, but as soon as a girl sleeps around, like, there's something wrong with that. And uh, just, just more PSA type stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. She goes... She, does, she makes this, like, kind of interesting point where it's like, 
And he's like, well, I'm, now I'm the laughing stock of the the men's room. And she's like, what's the, I don't know. I can't remember the guy's Jerry. name. I didn't write it. So she's like, well, your friend Jerry, he's a dog. And I can tell you right now, he's the laughing stock of the girls' locker room. And and that that really kind of hits Eddie in the right way. And he kind of. He's like, oh, really? Hmm, I didn't know that's how it is. So from here we go. Um, a little later in the kitchen, uh, Estelle's in there now, and Steve runs in. And he's running from Myra, hiding from Myra. She peeks in the window, doesn't see him, so she leaves. But Steve explains to Estelle how Myra wants him to do the wiggle wiggle wing ding with him. Which, who knows what that yes. is? I have no idea. It's, it's I, I know, I know what it it's is. Sex. So, Steve tells Estelle that he wants to wait, and Estelle says, well, um, Steve, you need to be true to yourself. Whatever you want to do, that's up to you, and if Myra can't support that, then she's not the right girl for you. And he's kind of got this like revelation, like, oh, maybe that's the answer, but I don't know. More PSA. More PSA. It's a very PSA-heavy episode. Alright, so then we go back Back to the locker room, Eddie. We see Eddie like rushing in, like he's late or something. I thought he was just like rushing in at first to like not talk to anyone because he didn't want to get in this conversation again. But he comes in, he rushes in, he's like, "Hey, has anyone seen Steve?" And uh, then all of the guys in the locker room start like crowding him and begin to make fun of him for their newly found information that he's a virgin. And this is where Jerry gives us the diss of the week. Yo, where's Steve? Nobody knows. We thought you two might have gone on vacation together. Vacation? What are you talking about? I'm talking about your favorite spot, the Virgin Islands. <laughs> the Virgin Islands. Pretty good one. So then Eddie... Jerry, okay. Eddie tells Jerry uh, he's a loser. He believes in quality over quantity. And then... Uh, that kind of like wraps. He kind of just wraps it up. He's like, "You're a loser and get out of well, here." And then they all the go. way the scene plays out is like Eddie puts Jerry in his place, essentially. Yeah, more or less. And it seems like the other guys are kind of joining back to Eddie's side at this point because they were all Team Jerry, and now they're all like going back over to Eddie. Right. And uh, so the guys all go to the gym. Steve pops out. He was hiding in the towel bin the whole time, uh, hiding from Myra because apparently she's going to come in the girls' locker room. Or guys the guys' locker, locker room. In the guys' locker room. Yeah, and then um, tells Eddie that why he was hiding and that he's real proud of him for uh, for sticking up and doing what he did and telling the truth. And then Waldo and Weasel come back in, and then we get one more towel fight scene with uh, the four guys that are left in there, and that's the yeah. End of the Weasel and Waldo kind of try to sneak up on Eddie and and Steve, and they regret that. Yep, uh, we do get a credit scene. Uh, we mentioned it already. Myra is looking for Steve in the boys' locker room. She comes in, she pins him on a bench, starts making out with him right there in the uh, locker room, and Steve tries to get away and tells her that he's just not ready, and uh, if. If she can't wait, then he's not the guy for her. He says it in some different words, some other metaphor. And she's like, well, metaphors make me hot. And then uh, pushes him into a locker, closes the door behind them. Now they're both locked in a locker and she can do whatever she wants with them. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's going for it. And Steve he is, is no longer a virgin. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. 
All right, so from here, we are at 8.30, which we know now is Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 13, Risky Business is the name of the episode, and I will say, this was an episode that I clearly remember. I don't know why this episode, but maybe they put it on reruns a lot. I remember this episode a lot. Okay. I was not as familiar with this episode, but okay. All right, so the class is giving presentations about what they did with their imaginary money. That was the the assignment that Feeney gave for the week. Take this money, invest it, let's see who can do what with it kind of thing. So this is like a check-in midway through. We've got Minkus and Topanga up in front of the class talking about like stocks and how they invested it and how they're already making money half half the assignment through with the stock market. You watched a different episode than I did. Oh, no. Yeah. You watch. Let's take a look. Let's see what happened here. Let's see. Where, where do you watch it on? Uh, Disney. You watch it on Disney. Uh, uh, That's too bad. See. What was the name of the episode? Risky Business. Ooh. Yeah, that doesn't come out. That, that didn't air originally until February. Okay. So, Which makes sense because there are some Valentine's Day references in it. So, <laughs> so maybe that's why that's why maybe we have different different memories of this. I can do I, I can do the, the, the talk through. Yeah, on this let's, one do it. let's do it. It's, it's an interesting episode. Uh, so it's actually called She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. Um, also sounds like it could be a Valentine's Day episode. Could but. be. I mean, it, there's girls, there's boy girl stuff in here. So we'll, that's that's kind of the gist. So. Uh, we do start in the classroom, though, and we come in and there's like a paper flower on Topanga's desk and Topanga it looks at Minkus and is like, hey, Minkus, what uh, did you make this for me? He's like, no, I didn't make that. Although he's clearly reading a book about how to do origami <laughs> um, and she gets him to come around and be like, yeah, I made that um, shot and Corey are in the back doing their thing, making fun of Minkus for for making these flowers and just just for being Minkus. And Topanga's like, you boys are so mature. Minkus is at least mature. You know, stop. Stop being jerks to him. Um, Feeney comes in and Feeney's like, Hey, today we have a guest speaker. You guys are going to be going to a new school next year. So we've got somebody from the school to come and talk to you, to tell you what it's like. One of the, one of the students and in walks Eric. Um, and Feeney's like, I thought they were going to send one of the good students. And Feeney's like, or Eric's like, they got stuff to do. I, I, I got, I don't have any, I don't have anything going on right now. And so he just spends about five minutes just trashing the kids and telling them how they're all going to be made fun of and how they're like not ready for high school and how it's just going to just how how dumb and childlike they are. Um, then we go back to the kitchen and uh, so Panga comes by and she is dropping off some brownies. Uh, she tells she brings up her sister, who this is the only episode she ever is mentioned in at all. Nebula. Oh. Uh, Nebula made these sisters. Uh, Nebula's full name, by the way, Nebula Stop the War Lawrence. What is it? Um, Nebula Stop the War. Stop the War. Lawrence. Okay. Stop the War is her middle name. Um, in that time, Morgan comes down. She sees Topanga, loves her hair, wants hair like Topanga. Um, and Sean is like to Corey over to the kitchen table. She's like, he's like, why is she here? I think she likes you. She's bringing you brownies. She wouldn't be here bringing you brownies if she didn't like mm. you. Um, and so they're kind of, he's starting to like put that into Corey's head. Yeah. And then Eric and Amy come in and get Topanga comes back downstairs. She's given Morgan this like braid, like she has. Um, and Corey's now it's freaking out that he thinks Topanga likes her. And he's like pushing her out the door, pushing her out the door. Uh, and as she like, as, as he's closing the door on her, he takes the brownies and slams the door in her face. And Amy's like, well, that was rude. You don't talk to people like that. That was not cool. Um, so Eric goes outside to take out the trash. And as he's taking out the trash, he starts chatting with Feeney 
And Feeney's, he's like, how'd I do? And Feeney's like, well, you know, honestly, you weren't that bad, but you weren't very informative. He's like, there's, and the, this, we get into another like PSA situation. He's like, you know, how, how easy is it for you, Eric, to, to get drugs at your school? And Eric's <laughs> like, well, pretty easy. And he's like, well, how is it to get easy? Is it to get cigarettes? And he's like, easier. And he's like, what about beer? He's like, easy. Uh, and Eric's like, I don't do any of those things. And, and Feeney's like, yeah, I know, but you need to, these kids need to be prepared for what they are getting themselves into next year. You need to, that was the kind of the hope is okay. that, 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 you know, a student would come and talk to them about peer pressure, about how to deal with these things, about what to be ready for things, things like that. Um, and Finney's like, you know, you're a role model. And Eric's like, I didn't want to be a role model, kind of a Charles Barkley thing. And Finney's like, well, as soon as you stepped into that classroom, you became a role model. Um, as Eric turns to take the rest of the trash out, he sees a Topanga. We knew this. You could see her in the background, but you could see that Topanga was listening into this conversation, kind of like staring at Eric the whole time. Um, they should have so made another... Topanga like a drug dealer from this episode. <laughs> yeah, you want to you buy some weed? I got shrooms for you. Uh, but this is our second somebody overhearing an important conversation. In... This week, right? Yeah, this week. Um, all right. Cut to the lunchroom. Corey and Sean are eating. Topanga comes over. She has gotten a tape. Godzilla goes to college. Uh, and Corey's like, great. I'd love to come watch it. When can I come over to see it? She's like, no, I want to come watch it at your house. Ooh. There's things going on at my house. I want to come watch it at your house. Corey's like, okay. He's just really excited to see this movie. Um, Topanga walks away. As Topanga walks away, Minkus comes up. And Minkus is all in Corey's face. Like, Don't take my woman. She's my woman. He's got jealousy written all over him. Um, there's already rumors going around the school that they are dating and have gone on like a vacation somewhere like Costa Rica or whatever. And turns out Sean was spreading those rumors. So These rumors Sean, about about Corey or about Minkus? Corey and Topanga. Okay. Corey and Topanga. So Sean sees Topanga's notebook and she he starts leafing through it and he finds a page. It's like Miss Matthews in a heart. And then it's like Topanga and and like Mr. Matthews or whatever. And then the third page it's Topanga and Eric. So the, now we find out that Uh she has a crush on Eric. Uh Oh, commercial come back. We're in the bedroom. Corey comes in and wants to talk to Eric. Corey wants Eric to get rid of Topanga. Like, like she was going to come over and he's like, just tell her that you can't, you don't like her. And that so she'll leave and she'll stop coming over. I don't want her to come over. Um, Alan comes in. He wants to talk to Corey. And he's he, he's still under the impression that Corey thinks that Topanga likes him and, blah, and you know, basically try to talk to him about girls. And Corey's like, no, don't worry, Dad. She doesn't like me. She likes Eric. Um, and, and Alan's like, whatever. I don't understand, but okay. Is Corey upset at this point? Corey, not quite. Okay. Um, he kind of has a little thing. He has a little bit of a conversation with his brother later, where he's like, a little like, a little disappointed, but not. I mean, it's not nothing. It's nothing serious. Okay. It's nothing serious. So, uh, Topanga shows up. Eric uh, is like, you know, you really should be talking to her. He's like, you really, need, you know, Corey is kind of like the right guy. Like, you should be into to like Corey. Um, and they're on the couch and to pay and Corey's or Eric's whole thing is like, you're too young. You don't understand love. You know, you're not ready to, to date anybody really. Um, and Topanga's like, no, I like you. I'm ready. And then she tries to kiss him. And Eric's like, okay, clearly you think you are ready, but no, this is not going to happen. Uh, this is not, this is not okay. 
at this point, Nebula shows up. So we oh. actually see Topanga's sister, Nebula. Uh, and and Corey runs down and he's like, is she gone yet? And it turns out he had called Nebula to tell her that, that Topanga wasn't feeling well and she needed to come over and pick Topanga up as quickly as possible. Can you describe Nebula for me, like, visually? Nebula, so I will say the most the most important feature of Nebula is that they gave her very long, thick, curly hair, much like her sister. So otherwise, she is a, 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 a very kind of normal normal teenage girl okay. just just the hair pretty pretty standard but with with long thick curly hair like her sister okay uh da, da, da. let's see topanga topanga at this point is she's upset she just kind of walks out leaving everybody in the den and it cuts that scene so go to class feeny is reading can't remember what he's reading i think a poem and eric shows up and he's like hey i want to tell you guys more about high school and feeny's like all right come on up so he goes up there. He tells them all about peer pressure. He's like, "Hey, do you do you do drugs?" And the kid is like, "No, I don't do drugs." And the guys, I think it's maybe wait. This is Eric him. asking a random kid in the class. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. I think it's one of the main characters. But basically, that just is, "Hey, do you do drugs?" No, I don't do drugs. Well, what if your friend wanted you to do drugs? And my and he's like, the character's like, "No, I still want to do drugs." He's like, "Well, what about if that hot girl over there wanted you to do some drugs?" And the, and then the kids like, I think he's maybe talking to Mink. He's like, "What if Topanga wanted you to do some drugs?" And the, the, he's like, "Well, I don't know." And and then Eric kind of goes on the whole spiel about peer pressure and that high school is. Minkus would definitely smoke some crack if Topanga asked him to. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, so that's kind of that scene. It, it just ends with, with Eric giving the speech about peer pressure. Okay. So we go back to the cafeteria. Minkus is ripping up his paper flowers he made for Topanga because she clearly is in love with, he thinks Corey. Um, and there is a Corey and Sean or it, it kind of ends a little abruptly, but Corey and Sean are like, we're going to make a deal where we're like, we're not going to let girls affect us. Like all this whole week has been just girls driving people crazy and making them do silly things and, and think all these crazy things. And you and I are not going to be affected by girls. And as soon as they say that some new girl shows up and Sean is like head over, like Gaga eyes over her. Uh, and Corey's like, no, no, we have a deal. We have a deal as the girl like drags Sean out of the cafeteria to take for, to take her on a tour of the new school that she's in uh credit scene so then we go to minkus minkus is helping Corey and sean with french at the at the house it's nice and of eric him. what's that it's say nice of vu. him oh it's nice of him i thought you said say la vu i don't know what that means <laughs> uh <laughs> eric comes in he's like oh you're doing french he's like just just uh wait till you learn about how the french like to kiss and the boys are like what and they're all eric says well all i can say is the tongue isn't silent and then that's the end of the end of the episode. Oh man! Hey, good thing my diss of the week wasn't in this episode, though. Then we've been in real trouble. I know. I've been a spoiler alert. So yeah. So um. So yeah, you make sure you watch the right episode next time. Yeah, I looked in Disney while we while right before you started, and that's the order that Disney has them in. So who knows? Uh, which which one was it again? You said it was risky uh, business. Yeah, risky business. Oh, uh, so she loves me not well. The production codes are out of order from when they aired originally, but even still, this is before Risky Business. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So next week, watch the B Team of Life. Oh, so it's not even next week either. No, it's it's like middle of February. All right. 
We get into uh, 9 o'clock. It's step-by-step -step time. Season 3, episode 15, read all about it. Is that the right one? Oh, please tell me it's the right one. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I was thinking. I was like, read all yep, yep, yep. Dana's in the kitchen. That is the right one. She is making something with a ton of whipped cream, like this tower of whipped cream with a strawberry on top. I'm like, what is this? Like, I thought this was going to be a setup. I, I thought, thought it was, was going to be a gag. I thought she had yeah, pickles in the bottom of it or something. I didn't know what was going on. Cody comes in. He's got this giant box of books and sets it down right on top of this whipped cream tower. Dana's like, please move that box. And then he lifts it up. She's like, that was my breakfast. And then you can see there was like waffles underneath this whipped cream. And she's I like, wonder if that was meant to stick on the bottom because Cody Cody's line makes me think that it wasn't. But what does he say? Because he's like, that doesn't that that's what you're gonna eat. It doesn't look very appetizing when there's nothing on the plate at this point. So oh, it just I looks. Gotcha. It just seems like a weird line. Weird line. Yeah, given the situation. Um. So she's like, "What? What do you got all those books for, Cody?" And he's like, "Oh, these are all the books I read last week. I got to take them back to the library." And when I say a big box of books, this is like. 50 big books that he read in at a least week, at least yeah yeah so he's like i read them all i gotta take them back to the library i took a speed reading course and that's why i did it and and i watched psycho he's like she's, she's like well, why did you take a why why'd you take a speed reading class well i watched psycho and then uh i wanted to take a taxidermy class but when i went to go sign up for the taxidermy class all the classes were full, so I just took a speed reading class instead, and that's where I'm at. There you go. Theme song, we come back. We've got uh, Frank and Carol in the kitchen. Carol is doing the finances, which we have seen probably three or four times now on Step by Step. Yeah, and, this is not, uh, a new, not a new gag. Nope. Frank pulls out a box of crumbled receipts, which we see every time as well, and uh, Carol says... You've got to get. They're not even crumbled receipts. They're they're crumbled notes on. Are there notes on a crumbled, uh, like restaurant placements? Oh, that's what they are. And he's like, smells them. He's like, this one's meatloaf, and this one's yeah. whatever. And then she's like, you've got to get organized. You got to get some sort of a book or something to get this taken care of. And then Carol starts to show uh, Frank the numbers of like what was done through the year. And we find out that Carol made about $4,000 more than Frank did in the last year. And Frank seems a little upset about this. Frank cannot handle it. He wants to make more money than Carol. And then she even realizes that she made a mistake after Frank kind of asks her, are you sure you're right? She actually made about 6000 more than he did. And yeah, he's not having it. Yeah. So then we go uh, into the living room. Uh, Brendan's got a friend over named Ryan. We've not met Ryan, right? No, Ryan is new. I was like, is this that girl, that kid from the girl that Cody dated? I thought for a second, but then I realized it wasn't. But anyways, uh, they're playing like oh, that kid. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that kid. They're playing like Chinese checkers and Brendan wins. And he's like, I never win. I've got older brothers and sisters. And then Cody gets home and he's like, hey, guys, uh, guess what? They're going to let me host uh, Story Hour at the library. And Brendan's like, yeah, Story Hour. That's awesome. And Ryan doesn't really want to go to the library. Ryan's like, story. burn the library down. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And Brendan and Cody are trying to talk him into going to the library, telling him how cool it is. And eventually, peer pressure, they get him to go. So Ryan's going to go to the library with Cody and Brendan. Yes. 
go to the kitchen. Uh, Al is uh, doing some math homework. Mark is watching her over her shoulder, just telling her that she's wrong, everything that she does. Carol gets home. Mark and Al go upstairs to work on homework. Well, Al pretty much drags him by the throat upstairs to help him, help her with her homework. And then uh, Carol gets home. Frank gets home. And Carol's like, Frank, have, have, have you been looking for a part-time job? And he's like trying to deny it, but he's she's like, well, this person called and said he doesn't have any work for you. And this person, and I think called. that she actually like saw somebody. She saw like the person that was like, no, they're, they, they told me to tell you that you don't, there's no, there's no work right now. Yeah. And he's trying to deny it, but he can't deny it. But so much after she's got all this proof and he admits, yes, he's trying to find a part-time job and Carol calls him out and she's like, it doesn't matter that I make more money than you. I mean, we're a team. Like we should be doing this together. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I'll make more than you. Sometimes you'll make more than me. And he's still denying everything but then the phone rings and we kind of he kind of like walks to the other side of the kitchen to answer and it's like the newspaper company and he's like don't worry i can still take the job without a bike i can i can run i'm a really fast runner so he's doing anything at this point to try to make more money than carol yeah he's really upset by this whole thing he is um and then from here we go to cody and brendan we're at the library now um jt's there like randomly studying but not really studying no, he's no. just there to check yeah. out girls yeah and, he's there for a purpose yep and then uh jt's friend don't think we've ever met him have we no comes over and uh he's like hey there's uh this hot girl over there that you should go check out and he's like oh yeah and he like stands up and walks over there and it's karen his friend she's it's checking karen. out karen and he's like oh gross or whatever he says so um now it's steps they're step siblings it's totally i mean it's that's like modern, modern adult story hour with Cody begins. <laughs> Cody is uh, telling them that uh, he does things a little differently when he's hosting story hour. He's not just going to be the only one reading. He's going to let everyone read. So he'll pass the book around when it comes to you, read a sentence and it'll be fun. Everyone will get to read. Yeah, that sounds like it can't go wrong. Ryan, of course, sweating like a hog in the corner cannot handle this he's getting so nervous because he didn't know that he would have to read right kids start reading they're passing the book around and when it gets to ryan he's like uh, i gotta go to the bathroom and then he runs off like someone put laxatives in his soup or something <laughs> yes that's exactly what it seemed like so he runs off to the bathroom brendan tells jay or cody hey cody uh ryan can't really read very well and he's like oh man like cody cody kind of is weird about this i feel like it, it's it wasn't a good plan to begin with um like cody like, just it, doesn't understand like how can yeah. this guy not read well it's not just that but it's like he doesn't understand that like you can't just pressure them to do that right like you can't just like assume it, everyone like, can read Right, and put somebody in a situation like, all right, it's your turn to do something that you like. It's it can be embarrassing. It's yeah, Cody isn't really isn't really dealing with the whole kid situation very well here. I guess is where I'm going. Yeah, so we've got that going on. Uh, we go to another part of the library where we see Karen and her friend. Karen's friend is telling what's going to happen here. Hey, there's some hot guy over there at the magazines, and Karen's like, oh yeah, let me go check him out. And of course, it's JT, right? So I will say this: her okay. friend, yeah, her friend is named Kate. Her friend is played by Christy Clark. Christy Clark has the rare distinction of being in two TGIF episodes on the same week because she was also Nebula in the episode oh. that you did watch. 
She, I think that? she was wearing a wig in the stuff. Her hair is very different between the two episodes. And I think she was wearing a wig in the stuff part of the Boy Meets World episode, so it would look more like Topanga's hair. Um, you think that's why it's... they changed them and aired them in the same week? So people can be like, ha-ha. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, yes, she has that rare distinction of being in two different TGIF episodes or shows in the same in the same week and, and not being Steve Urkel. Yeah, I was about to say, has this ever happened other than Steve Urkel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um there was uh Venus de Milo, whatever, who's one of one of one of Laura's friends, um, who was in at least two episodes. And I think I think there was one week she might have been in three different shows wow. in one week. Okay. Um but yeah, she uh she's been she's been done it once, at least once. So Karen gets grossed out by JT. Her friend, of course, thinks JT's cute. And then we go back to story hour. Um, it is, it's the same story hour. It's ending now. Ryan's still in the bathroom. All the kids are getting up to leave, but Cody wants to talk to Ryan. Yes. And Ryan comes out of the bathroom, tries to sneak by Cody while he's stacking up some chairs, but Cody catches him and they talk. And... Ryan is just under the mindset that he's never going to learn how to read. He can't get any better. And Cody is like, you got to practice. I mean, it's like playing the guitar. If you want to get better, you got to keep doing it. And they're talking about like what gets excited about. And he's like, well, you can read books about this and this and this. And he's like, monsters. monsters? There's books about monsters. And now he's got Ryan hooked. And Cody tells him he is happy to help him every week practice and get him to become a good reader. Yes. That was nice of Cody. Real nice. Uh, it's now the grand opening of some chicken restaurant, uh, Clucks and Bucks or something like that. I don't know if it's the grand opening, but it's, it's the Cluck Bucket. Um, we see a manager come out of the restaurant, uh, and he's calling for Frank, who comes out dressed up as a chicken. So it looks like Frank got another part-time job. His job is to now stand on the street hand out coupons dressed as a chicken. And Frank uh, doesn't really want to dress like a chicken, but the manager's like, well, if you want this job, you're going to dress like a chicken because there's plenty of people who will take it and dress like a chicken. So he does it, starts doing his job, and as he's doing it, we see Carol and Dana driving up in a car. They pull up. They're going to get some chicken themselves. They don't know Frank has this job. They start walking over to discover... That's Frank up there dressed like a chicken, and Carol is pretty upset. Well, she yeah. is. She is, for sure. She's like, why guess, are you yeah. doing this? You don't need to do this. This is not something you need to be doing. It doesn't matter if I'm making more money than you. This is ridiculous, and uh, blames Frank and his ego for even doing this in the first place. That's, yeah, you're right. You're right. So she tells him, um, you don't need to do this, and he's like, well... I feel like I'm letting the team down if I don't do this. If I'm not providing everything, then I'm not doing enough. And she's like, you don't need to do this. And they, they kiss, and then uh, a dog attacks Frank. Yep, that is right. I forgot about the dog. The dog did attack Frank. Chases him. He jumps up onto like a flagpole, and the dog rips off his tail. Do you think that was really uh, really him doing that, that gag? Because he jumps oh. up there and then kind of like pulls his feet up and, and does kind of a little... It's not too complicated, but yeah. it would definitely requires some. It's some real agility. easy to have a stunt actor when you're in a chicken costume, you know. Especially when you like cut to a scene where they're running away, you know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, then we go back to the library. Uh, story hour is ready to begin once again. Um, 
Ryan pulls Cody aside and he's like, man, I'm nervous. I don't know if I can do this. And Cody's like, don't worry, little bro. Uh, I've got you. I'll make sure it's okay. I'll be there for you. So then they start reading. Same thing. They start passing the book around. Goes around a couple people. It gets to Ryan. And what do you know, after a little stumbling on the word heroic, Ryan reads an entire sentence. He does well. He does well. He does better, and everyone is cheering like he just won the World Series for him. They should. It's good to encourage people to do hard things. And uh, from here, story hour's over because Ryan read a sentence and they got three sentences into the book, so that's enough for Cody. He invites everyone over to have a taxidermy lesson at the kitchen at the Lambert Foster house. (laughs) And everyone's going to go cut open some parrots or something like that. The the cluck bucket. Credit scene. Uh, Everyone's, uh, well, I guess we got what? Like JT, Karen, Carol? Does that sound right? I want to say Mark, JT, Carol, and Dana. I think it's only three. too many? It's okay. definitely Carol and JT. And I think the other one, it's either Al or Karen, I think. Okay. But anyways, they're in there. They're sitting down in the living room reading. Everyone has a different book. They're all just being quiet reading. Cody comes in. And since Cody can speed read now, he ruins the ending of every one of these books. He's like, oh, <laughs> you should, you should, this happens in this. And then the dog sure, dies in this movie. Or yeah, this just book. wait till you find out that it's the evil sheriff that did it. And then they all throw their books on the table. And that's the end of the episode. Yes. So that's it for uh, our show this week. We do like to rank the episodes. Uh, we've only got three to rank this week. I'm basing one just on Travis's uh, <laughs> storytelling. My um, run through. Let's see. I got, If you're ready, you can go. I don't know. I can't really say like... I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do uh, step by step at three. Boy meets world at two, and family matters at one. Oh. I can't. I didn't really have a huge favorite here, um, but I really liked the towel, the towel fight. fight. Yeah, scene. yeah. I had them in reverse order and uh, kind of forgot about the towel fighting scene, and I might switch them back to where you're at after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do we got next week on the show? Full week, three episodes. What's going on? Two episodes two. next week. Two episodes. Yeah. So, uh, Family Matters season five, episode fifteen, and Hang with Mr. Cooper season two, episode fourteen. Boy Meets World step by step in rerun. So just the two, and then uh, that'll be it. Uh, thank you once again to Deep Nightingale for the theme song this week. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email with uh, your version of the theme song at TGIFcast on all social media, whatever you need. We got you there. And then uh, we'll be back next week with uh, two brand new episodes. Two brand new episodes. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night. Friday night. And the mood is right. Mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIF. TBA Podcast.